right? Good afternoon for you East Coasters, right at the top of noontime for you Central Time Zoners and morning time for West Coasters, Left Coasters, and, and Mountain Folks. So sorry about that, Scott. It had to be done. Um, I hear you and I feel you. All good. <laughs> All right, team. Welcome to the August edition of the Mission Brief. This will be the, the, the men's only, at least for the next hour. Of course, as people watch the, the recordings of this, listen, we're not checking anybody at the door to make sure it's a gentleman's going to be watching it. And so, but this is typically just for the men for the live portion of it. Um, it is recorded. So this will be hung on our Facebook Soul Refiner site. It'll also be on uh, YouTube's Soul Refiner site eventually. And then we have our audio recordings over on RSS, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Um, but I'm just so excited. Today we have with us Scott. He's our resident chaplain. Thank you, Scott, for being here. You're welcome. And we also have Drew. Uh, you'll probably recognize Drew. You, you could probably barely see him through the camouflage. And so he, <laughs> is, he is down at an undisclosed location in Florida, uh, working some, some active duty time uh, for the Air Guard. And so we're thrilled to have both these gentlemen. Uh, before we get going talking about, you know, how do we navigate recovery with, with kids and you know, younger kids, older kids, I just want to pray us in. And I always want to shroud these meetings uh, with the Holy Spirit and where he is going to direct this. So, uh, Scott, if you don't mind, just praying for us as we get started here. You bet. Lord, thank you so much for your word, your truth. Thank you for the Conquer series and Soul Refiner. Lord, the devotion this morning had us uh, reading from uh, I don't know, Philippians uh, 4. Anyways, be anxious for nothing, Lord. That would be my prayer today. But with prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, Lord, guard our hearts and our minds. And Lord, be our anchor uh, beyond the veil, Lord. And, uh, and allow us to speak truth and love and mercy and grace uh, into the storm. And I pray this in, your in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, chaps. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, as you come in here. Uh, please get this chat going. Let's find out where everybody is, is joining us from. Let's find out what ha people have on their mind. As we start talking about this, uh, we have some, some generated questions already uh, from our last session when we had in there with, with the ladies. Um, I'm already seeing Washington State in here. Uh, thank you for joining us. Another left coaster, Scott. So you're all not, you're not alone. I thought there was only like five people in the state, but yeah. there's a few more outside of Seattle there. So, yeah. but we just want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your encouragements for each other. Uh, some folks join these meetings just for the chat aspect because it's live. Um, the chats are not posted after this. Um, it's something that we're working on, but the video recording is going to be there. So if you need to come for the chat and come for encouragement and see what other people are talking about, um, then do so. Also, you can hang your questions in the chat if it's a, a super hot burning question and, and you really want it to kind of be, be broadcast to the panelists. You can put it in the Q&A as well. Um, we'll try and keep, keep track of both of those. If we don't get to your question, rest assured, we are going to go through these and try and make sure we do see a recording of the chat ourselves. And uh, we'll make sure that gets answered at some point. And if it doesn't, don't hesitate to email in. So, all right, the topic is heavy. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and so but before we get going with our topic of how do we navigate recovery with kids? How do we tell them? Uh, how do we use it for, for how do we use that superpower for good? Um, I really am excited to, to introduce Drew. Like I said before, Drew's coming to us uh, from Florida. Uh, Drew, will you introduce yourself real quick? We can be on our way, sir. 
Hey, good afternoon, guys. I'm Drew Hunsicker. Um, currently live in Merritt Island, Florida. I've got the uniform on today. I, I drill with the South Carolina Air National Guard. We moved from South Carolina in June of last year to Florida and still um, drive up once a month to drill with the South Carolina Guard. Um, I've got two daughters. Bella's 18, just graduated high school. And then Sophie is just turned 16. Um, I've taught Conquer Series a couple of times. I'm currently going through Warpath as a student for the first time, which is really an outstanding class and enjoying it with Brian Mello. Um, he's an outstanding dude and um, it's going great so far, even though we're just getting into it. But, um, and, you know, I got free from the addiction of porn, you know, a daily masturbation and all that kind of stuff um, years ago when I was in Georgia um, in a similar type of setting with a group of 12 guys and following the, um, you know, the James pattern, you know, confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed, um, which is where I got really set free. But I found if I don't stay accountable and stay in these kind of classes um, and stay, you know, abreast with guys that it's so easy in the world we live in to slip back in and have a slip and a fall and, um, and not have somebody to help you say, get back up and get back in the fight. So, um, you know, quickly, we decided, my wife and I, early on, um, like I said, I came out of an addiction of porn, met my wife. Um, she had had an abortion before she got saved. And um, I brought genital herpes into the picture when we got married. We slept together right before marriage. She had genital herpes right away. And so our first year of marriage was, it was by the grace of God that we weren't destroyed. Um, getting to know each other. We knew each other about three months before we got married. So it was not the ideal scenario, but um, God saw us through a lot in the first year. And, you know, early on when I went through that class with sexual integrity, um, Amy started teaching about, you know, abortion and started working in a pro-life clinics and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we've done a lot of ministry together and separate, but in the area of abortion and pornography and that kind of thing, I, I think it's valuable. I think we need to, you know, try to make some headway in the church with this so that we can turn the statistics around through God's help. But um, with our girls early on, we decided that, you know, more disclosure was better, especially like I was telling these guys in the pre-brief that my 13 year old at the time, Bella started telling me about um, that. She got a nude, you know, via phone. And I didn't even know what a nude was until she said, well, that's when guys take pictures of the genitalia and, and text it to you you know, usually through Snapchat, um, which Snapchat's pretty dangerous application because this stuff disappears. But um, we decided pretty early on that we were going to be pretty transparent, not only about ourselves and what we went through, um, but also just for them to be careful and watch out for, you know, what they assumably had already been interacting with and exposed to. So I'll talk more about that later. But I, I do think that, you know, it's important to protect your children. I think they're going to hear it if you don't tell them about it. And I wish at 13, 12 years old, when I started masturbating, I wish my dad had had a conversation with me about it. Amen, man. Thank you so much for being here, Drew. Thank you for, for just giving us some of that background, some of that structure about your story, uh, about where you are with your kids, those, those two beautiful daughters of yours. Um, I've got four sons. You've got the daughter end of things. Uh, Scott, fill us in on, on you know, kind of your end of that with, with your parental piece. Sure. So now I have... Uh... Daughter's the oldest, Rachel, and then two boys, Nathaniel and Benjamin. Um, ben is, is 22. He's going to be 23 here shortly. And then Nathaniel is going to be 21, I think, in October. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, if I gave him a grenade and I said, Hey, fiddle around with this, you know, you'll, you'll figure out how, how it works. You know, you got to be careful because in a few seconds, something could happen, you know, so, but I, but I'm, I'm still here. It, it, it's not real. So you have to focus on it. So when my son came back, he was 19. Yeah. Telling him not, not just about masturbation, about, but more than that, about desire, about arousal, about foreplay, you know, what is intercourse, what is orgasm and what is rest? You know, um, Dan Allender has a great story about um, an honest, honest conversation about sex and holiness, which is really cool. Um, you know, he talks about all those aspects need to be addressed. One of the groups we have is young men. I asked all of them, you know, would you want your dad to talk to you about, you know, masturbation, you know, and, and sex? And they said, yes, absolutely. And then I said, well, how many did? And all of them said none. You know, same thing with me. My dad wasn't there. I found magazines under the bed, you know, I was maybe six, seven years old. I said, um, you know, why are they hidden? You know, I was innocent, naive. I said, you know, where is, where is her penis? You know, and I, did the vagina man thing, you know, and, and I, I, I thought, you know, what's going on? I didn't understand, you know, I needed someone to talk to me, talk to my friends about it. They said, we don't know, let's ask older brothers, you know, and that's when, you know, the older brother masturbated in front of us. And this, this is, this is uh, trauma, even looking at porn, awakening sexual sexuality at a younger age is, is not good. Um, so I guess just one more thing. So back to my youngest, he came back from Europe. He was at his senior year of high school. I said, hey, um, you know, when was the first time you, you uh, looked at porn? And he said, dad, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. And I said, yes, I do want to know. So I pressed him and he said, all right, I'm going to tell you. And it's when I was seven and I was walking past the window downstairs of the basement. And I saw you, dad, looking at porn on the computer. So here he is, seven years old. I never wanted to repeat what happened in my family. And I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't. So the conversation is there. And if you don't start the conversation, somebody else is, or they're going to discover it on the internet at a very, very young age. Yep. So. Thanks, chaps. Thank you, chaps. That, that, that's beautiful, man. And, and I want to encourage everybody here. Um, you may not be ready yet. You might not be. There are men here that are standing by. The three of us, I guarantee you are standing by to help any man get ready for that. Because if you abdicate, if, if you allow the world to take the responsibility that you as a Christian man have, and especially now that you have the, the understanding that, that it's, it's almost required of us, we need to do it because most of us didn't get it. We need to be able to sexually mentor our kids. The world will gladly step in happily and they will lead them down a path as we all know that goes to death and destruction and yeah. so look, let me encourage you all uh, to eventually get to a point where you're able to talk to your kids about it and, and to own it and to say listen <laughs> trust me i know this is where this path leads uh, and, and not having to have any kind of guilt and shame just wash over you continuously there's something about being out of that shadow finally as well that's incredibly freeing and listen, everybody's on a different time frame. This is not, don't run out of this meeting by all means and, and, and say, all right, kids, gather around the table. Dad's got to tell you something. It's yeah. not the right time. <laughs> I would yeah. say too, Lamar, that um, don't think of it also just as a, whatever you think the starting age is, whether that's eight, 10, 12, to 
right before you graduate high school, I would have welcomed a conversation from a dad that was thinking about that when I went in the Navy right after high school and could have intercepted and said, what are you doing with your life? Don't let, you know, don't be conformed to the guys you're hanging out with in the Navy and you go out and drink and sleep around. I would have welcomed that as a 20 year old. And, you know, so it's never too late to have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and listen, if your kids are married already, if they already have kids, it, it's never too late. It's not, it's not too late for you to own it. And it's, it's not too late for you to mentor them. And so um, you, you haven't missed to this point. Don't, don't think of that. So um, here's a great question. And by the way, folks, it looks like chat has been disabled for, for this session. Um, I'm going to go ahead and blame Drew. He's, he's the newest guy here. And so I'm always looking to blame somebody. Typically I blame the absent. And so, uh, Jeremy, uh, would be up for blame, but I'll take it. Yeah. It's gotta be Drew this time. So the the first question, so you can ask, you can ask your questions on the Q and a down at the bottom. You don't have to go to the chat. You can do it on the Q and a only the hosts and panelists can see that. Um, but the first question is, this is a great one. This is going to come before our other questions is, when is too young? And we just heard seven. You know, I guarantee there's some other single digit midgets out there. And when I say midgets, I'm talking about small kids. You know, I'm not talking about little people. I apologize if anybody's triggered by the word midget. I want to go yeah. and get that out there. But young children are seeing this. If you don't think your kids are seeing this before they're 12 or 13, you're, you're probably wrong. Um, there are kids on elementary school buses with telephones, which is porn in a pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another therapist um, that's saying they have a, they have clients who've seen it as early as four and five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few four or five year old memories. I can't imagine if I would have seen that at four or five years old, how much that would sear into my brain housing. So uh, too young, that is entirely between you, your mate, Okay. Again, guys, don't do this willy nilly. This is not for you to just run out crusader rabbit style without your wife at the, at the hot standby ready, knowing what's going on. You need to be talking to your significant other about this to make sure you're, you're completely aligned before you go in there right. and start wading through this deep mud. Um, Scott, what do you think? When is too young? Yeah. So I, I don't think any age is too young. You know, I mean, I don't know if it, who it was. It maybe it was the Allender that was talking about, he was walking through, you know, preschool class, and there were some kids just talking, and and they they were basically, you know, um, not necessarily masturbating, but in you know, it, it feels good when you touch yourself. But they weren't talking anything about that. They were talking about what are you going to do at recess, you know, and and that's innocence. You know, there's there's innocence, there's curiosity, you know. But at what point, you know, do you need to? provide guidance in that rather than the world or rather than the state or whatever education is coming down the pipeline, you know? So I think you want to be the first one to engage. And I mean, there's, there's, there's healthy touch between, you know, husband and wife. There's that, that communication. You, you model that relationship, you model that. Uh, and, it, and they're going to do more than um, do, as I say, they do as you do. So I think, um, that's one aspect of it. And then the, the other one is the epigenetics. And I think it's Tim Jenkins. I love the chalkboard guy from the Conqueror series with, you know, histones and, and Delta Fos B and all that brain chemistry stuff. So the stuff that we carry on. So let me, let me just 
reeled back in my, my own mind too, is that when I was a kid, I found my dad's pornography, um, but I couldn't talk to him. And the reason I couldn't talk to him is one night I was really scared. I heard something on the roof. Maybe it was a cat, raccoon, who knows what it was. Went up to my dad. You know, he had some PTSD too. I startled him. He ripped my pajamas. I remember my mom saying, dad, or uh, Larry, Larry, it's Scott, it's Scott, you know, and, and I went from scared to being just terrified. And so that was, you know, a histone that was wrapped around my DNA and it doesn't affect my, um, uh, my, my genetic stuff, but it, it, it changes my, uh, my ability to connect. And so I looked at God the same way as that, not being able to connect and I couldn't connect with people. I, I have a hard time you know, being honest and connecting because of that past. So I had to address that too. So it's those kind of things in our past, the things that we eat, the things that we, we do, we sleep, you know, those emotions, you know, fear, anxiety, shame, regret. I don't know, there could be a, a list of other ones, anger, but don't let those emotional drivers keep you from talking to your kids. Sorry, I got one more, I got to throw it at you. But so we were in um, 29 Palms working with the Marines and they had a breaching tool. And I breaching tool. So it was like a rocket with C4 on it and they shot it and it blew up all this kind of stuff. And it opened the way for us to drive through this big sand dune. I said, that was pretty cool. So the, the rules of engagement, I kind of got them here too. It's like, um, it's C4. Um, and yet it's, it's courage, it's curiosity, um, compassion and creativity. So we, we need courage to engage, you know, with our own past and our own fears and anxieties but we need courage to engage with our family and our wife too. And so that's where it starts with uh, courage. We move to communication, right? No, no, oh, curiosity, wanting to know why something is a certain way. And then we have compassion and then creativity too. It's, it's using that creativity and it's gonna depend on your age level. It's gonna be depend on, you know, maybe what they've been exposed to before, um, what you've been exposed to, what they can expect in the future Maybe you're in recovery, you know, that might be a great thing to share. I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 16 years old. You know, it, it's all dependent on, on you and your spouse and where you are um, in your family structure too. I don't know, it's my two cents. Thanks chaps. Hey Drew, what about you, man? You, you have the ladies, okay? You have the two young ladies. You said your oldest yeah. is 18 and I'd love to hear about it from your perspective, man. Um, so like I mentioned before, early on, we, we started having discussions and I, I think when you answer the question, when is too young or how old do you have to be? Obviously, you know, Lamar laid it out. You, you and your significant other pray and ask the Lord to guide you and the Holy spirit to guide you through those conversations and to protect your children. Um, and, you know, and I think you can tailor the conversation, but if, if they're really young, I don't need to go into detail about my background, my experience. And, and I think you can tailor it somewhat, but still have the idea out there on what to watch out for. Um, you know, they're teaching it. If you got kids in public school, they're going to teach it. And, you know, I've heard, I've not, I don't think Bella ever went through it, but I've heard horror stories on potentially what they're trying to teach kids and public school now and you know you see some of those news lines with you know the potential they're teaching kids on masturbation and all these kind of different subjects so again they're going to hear it so i think you can you can tailor it back a little bit if they're six seven eight years old but just so they have an idea that if they see something to say something 
Um, especially like what you were saying, chaps, with you walking by and seeing your dad. I mean, unfortunately, with our addictions or our past addictions and the things we've gotten into, it opens the door to the devil. Um, and it opens the door for him to come in and work havoc in our family, work havoc in us and also in our family. I've seen it. My wife's prophetic. And, you know, she was pretty stable with it early on with understanding that, like, you need help and and what the issues were. Like, you know, she gave me a lot of grace. But um, you do open the door to the enemy when that stuff, you know, when you decide to enter into sin. And so um, that's a discussion, too. Like and, and you can pivot off of that to say, you know, start teaching your kids, especially in the early teens, like what you do with your actions don't only affect you, your relationship with God, but when you have a family someday, the decisions you make can affect positively or negatively, you know, your family and put them in harm's way or, you know, draw a hedge of protection around them. Amen. And thank you. Thank you both. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, we were very public with what happened um, in, in terms of, of, of my own situation. And so there was a forced disclosure even to my kids. Um, as they're wondering why the press is outside the house. And so um, I, I always love getting kind of feedback from folks that, that maybe didn't have to tell their kids, you know, and some, there, there's probably some men out there in this very meeting. They're thinking to themselves like, no, no, heck no. I'm never going to tell my kids about my own personal situation. And so um, if you ever need to talk about that, please don't hesitate to reach out uh, to any of us um, and we can move out from there. But one thing I, I do want to tell everybody here is if it's a no, no, heck no, you know, my kids are way too young and I, and I know that for sure. The moment that you start going, okay, maybe they're probably a little bit old enough now. That's the moment. That's the time when that, when there is a question, there is no more question because they are probably already starting to see it if they haven't already seen it. And you stepping in and saying, Hey, I'd love to be available to you to answer any questions about this. Um, I'd love to be able to talk to you about situations that I have been close to, you know, again, that's it. If you haven't disclosed yet, and then we can talk about that, that Proverbs path of destruction that you find in five and seven. And so it is very clear what the Bible says to do here. And it, and it is a flee concept. It's not a sit there and flirt with it. You don't just, you don't joust with sexual integrity. You don't say, well, I'm going to see how close I get to that line. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And, and, yep. And, and being able to relay that to your kids is paramount and being and have them, you know, have that kind of moral courage to look at another kid and say, look, I, I don't want to see that on your phone. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's nothing against you, but that's just not for me. That's not what we're trying to do at, in, in my family and with my life. And so um, that's a hard thing to do. It takes some practice too. Yeah. Um, sexuality is a gift. You know, you go back to the garden of Eden there was no hindrances. There was no covering. There was no shame, you know, and, and then what came about. So, I mean, maybe beginning there too is, is introducing the biblical, you know, truth about what God, God's done with sexuality and how is he, how he, he created it. He designed it all aspects of it from the desire to the arousal, to the orgasm, the chemicals that are released, beautiful stuff. Someone said it was like either a, a bridge to from earth to heaven or it's a barrier from earth to heaven. And so our relationship with God can be hindered, you know, when we, we use it out of its context, which is marriage. Any, any sexual behavior outside of marriage, you know, is, it's, it's not there. Um, 
And so when it when you are in a holiness or righteous aspect of sexuality, it's it's incredibly beautiful. So I mean that's that's a part of it too, is maybe starting earlier, um, teaching teaching those aspects too, and and going through the Bible would be a good thing to do. Amen. Amen. I think too, um, you know, to the extent you can be transparent with your kids, not only with sexuality, but you can pick a number of Christian topics. Part of a way to build trust with your kids, I think, is you don't act like you always have it together. Dad makes mistakes. Mom makes mistakes. Uh, especially our story. And guess what? By the way, dad, and I brought this into the marriage, and it does, and it caused a bunch of damage. You know, tell your story, be transparent, and and be willing to, you know, own up to, listen, life is life. It's a journey. You're going to make mistakes, but, you know, be quick to questions. If you have, try to seek the right path, try to go through the narrow gate. Hey, Drew, you are a little bit garbled there. Uh, you were in and out. So um, if, if there's um, a possible better spot for the, for the phone or for the, the feed that you're using, um, let me let me encourage you to try and find that. But man, I, I could not say it any more eloquently. Thank you so much. Um, you're exactly right. And, and to also to roll that in to the greater story of the cross. You know, Christ is incredibly clear on this Sermon on the Mount. He said, it, it's not enough to not commit adultery. You know, I say, if you even think about it, you know, between your ears, then, then you then you sinned. And so talking to your kids about that and saying, are you going to nail this every time? Are you going to be able to remain pure without the finished work of the cross, without the blood of his, you know, the blood of the lamb? The answer is no. You don't have a snowball chance in hell. Yeah, we're and fancy so, dirt. We're fancy dirt. I forget who, who said that on the Conquer series, but I loved it, too. And what am I planting? You know, the seeds don't don't uh, ripen or, or um, germinate right away. But the secrets that we hide, the, you know, the silent shame, the, you know, the condemnation, you know, the bitterness or, you know, those things turn into rage. And I think that's what leads to domestic violence, divorce, the steal, kill and destroy. Those are seeds that are planted long ago and generationally, too, you know, from the third to the fourth generation. So what grandma and grandpa did, what, um, you know, mom and dad did, you know, that's going to mm -hmm. affect me and what you do. Um, is going to affect your kids. So, Amen. Thank you. So a, a couple of things, you know, for, for men to, uh, to take note of. Warpath has some tremendous modules about how to navigate the relationships in your life post-recovery uh, and, and, you know, post-discovery, you know, how to do proper disclosure, et cetera. And it's not just for you and your significant others, it's for you and your kids too. So Warpath is a tremendous soul refiner asset to go through. There's also Legacy. Uh, if you've never checked out Legacy with, uh, with, with John Bevere and his wife, Lisa, another incredible asset. Please take a look at it. And then to be honest, Stronger Together, even though it's not directly involved with parenting, it will draw you closer as a marital unit to help you raise your kids a whole bunch better. Uh, and of course, it goes without speaking, you know, Conquer kind of teaches you about your brain and, and guess what? Their brain is probably a whole lot better than yours, but it's not much different. And so you, you, you're very, very well equipped uh, just from the Soul Refiner, just from the existing stuff on Soul Refiner on how to talk to your kids about this. 
other assets out there. Uh, somebody mentioned it here, Passport to Purity. That, that's a long-standing asset. I think I took my, my oldest kids through it. Um, so that's something you could take a look at. It's got a great Christian point of view. Um, it, it's geared towards you know late um, tween kids, right, right about that maybe 9 to 12-year-old. Um, I, I think it's just a tremendous asset. It, it can go much younger than that. So I see some other stuff here. I, I want to address one question. It's already come in. This one's really good, Chaps. I'm going to let you take lead on this one. Um, the gentleman is saying, how do I begin to make amends or how do I begin to have the discussion on, and, and you know, you're going to have to bear with me here, on how, how to apologize for some abuses that I perpetuated against my own children. And team, if, if you're not ready for this kind of grown folks talk, then, you know, you, you can kindly exit, exit stage left. We are going to talk about these tough situations here. And so, uh, chaps, what, do, what are you thinking about that? So if, if you don't have your act together, you can't give away something you don't have. You know, so, I mean, if you're blowing smoke and you're, you know, not willing to engage in the hard work of looking in your past and cleaning, cleaning house, it, it's going to be an empty uh, journey for you. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's extremely painful to see what people are going through. And even my own kids, um, boy, I, I don't, I don't want to go down. Oh gosh! So their own sexuality and what the world is ha has, um, you know, the the pronouns they, them, he, she, um, all that kind of. I hate to say garbage, but I, I'm going to say garbage, you know, and that's not what God intended, you know. And that does that make me a hypocrite to the world? No, I think it's a light shining in darkness is where we need to be. And if, and if you're, you don't, if you're hiding your light under a bushel, you know, or you're letting Satan blow it out, um, you got some work to do, my friend. So you can't give away what you, you don't have. Um, and you can't keep what you get. You don't give away. I, and there's a paradox there somewhere, but I, I don't know what, what to say is that um, it's a journey and it's going to take a long time. And the wounds will will still be there. We have scars. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, if I can get an example here, I, um, I'm working with with a gentleman too, and and uh, his parents, his mom was married five times, and his dad was married three. He got married quickly. Less than two years later, was divorced. Now he wants to get married again because he doesn't want to be like his dad. He didn't realize what was going on. That trauma that was there. I told them my story and I waited. It's kind of like the gift of going second. You tell your story and you wait. And uh, I was so grateful when I heard him use the word pornography that he's been struggling with it. Not in a, in a way of, um, aha, I gotcha. You know, not, not that, but I mean, it's like he's being willing to come out into the open. The fear of being transparent and vulnerable, that's where we're... Um, I mean, your, your journey is going to take root, and that's where health is going to come from, too. So the, the vulnerability, the transparency, you know, intimacy is, is different than, than sex. And I think the world has replaced um, intimacy with sex. But into me is into me you see. And it's allowing your kids to see, you know, the struggles, the emotional intelligence that we develop, you know, as, as kids, you know, growing up. That, that goes throughout lifetime. So, I mean, it's, it's never too late and I don't think it's ever too early 
to share God's love with them in your journey. I don't know if that makes sense, Lamar, or if I even hit the target. Yeah, I, I, th I think that you have a tight grouping on the target okay. <laughs> in, in, in the 10X ring. And so I, I want to send one more round, I hope, you know, at, at least in, in, in maybe the, the greater bullseye here uh, at, around your tight grouping in that if you feel that there has been some kind of perpetrated physical abuse sexually from you onto your children, okay, let me strongly encourage you not to go this alone. And please, you know, very few times when I'll say, I, I, I strongly believe this is a path. I, I, I very rarely say this is procedure. Most of the time I'll say this is just technique. It's something that's worked for a lot of people. But strong procedure here would be to get some professional help, mm -hmm. to have some people that are standing by to help as you go through this. And as you go to try to make amends with kids that you may have abused, Okay, that probably may, they may not even know they've been abused, to be honest. And so, um, yeah, covert do... abuse is there. It's you may not even be aware of even, even looking at porn at a young, young age is, is abuse, it's awakening sexuality before it's time. Yeah, and so I just want to be really clear on this please don't go it alone. Please don't get, don't go, don't fly yourself to the aircraft carrier to get gassed up and gunned up and then take back off and go try and take out the enemy here by yourself, okay? You need wingmen, you need folks that can help you. You need to be on board with your significant other here. Uh, your kids, they need to be prepared to, to talk this out with somebody else because they may not want to talk to you about it. And so um, incredibly delicate subject for your kids. Um, but I think there, there's some ownership there in the beginning. And just the very question, uh, that somebody's asking, you know, behind the scenes here about this just shows how serious uh, a man is about trying to get this part right. So thank you so much for that question. Um, and, and the person mentioned that it was actually teenage kids. And so uh, I appreciate it. I, I love that, that level of conversation here. Um, and so another great question here you know where do we go to check out the legacy series that is part of your premium license on soul refiner um, your premium license gives you access to all four series any episode anytime um, if you're a premium license holder i, I believe that the um you know that the question asker here has a premium license and so i would encourage that individual to go and just check out the legacy series just just watch a little bit of the first episode and i think you'll be really impressed john bevere is one of my favorite commentators and so I think you'll Agreed. enjoy that. And so, okay, here's a great one. Do you feel the new achievements in technology make it way more difficult for our kids to not be bombarded by porn and a worldview uh, of hedonism and, and feeding the self? And so, Drew, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, absolutely. And, you know, and part of that, I'll, I'll be transparent, part of the part of that issue is, is what age is appropriate for you to, you know, let your kids start having cell phones. Um, and, you know, that's different for different people. We got our kids when they started doing sports and stuff, we got them phones pretty early on. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, all you, there is accountability software. You can do covenant eyes on their phone. Um, there's tracking software that's out there too, but um, technology certainly has made it for everyone of all ages easier access at any time and has made it much harder um, or made it much easier for people to hide. 
what they're doing, especially technology within the phone, right? So incognito mode, or, or it's not even just about clearing your browser history anymore if people are afraid of like, what if they see what I'm gonna see? Um, so it's made it much more easy for people to step into the mire and get stuck. Um, and so I think that's where, I think even if you take it out from us talking about we had prior issues and this is how we navigated through it and or this is how we're navigating through it. Um, I think it's conversations that I say a normal family, maybe a family that hasn't gone through that type of addiction cycle. It's still a conversation you got to have, especially if your kids have access to technology, because they're going to stumble across it or somebody's going to send it to them or they're going to click on a link and, you know, we need to prepare them to be ready for what they might see or what, you know, what they might end up getting uncovered. Yeah. The gaming stuff is intense, you know, and then virtual reality, you know, it's, it's kind of like fentanyl is to, you know, some of the, the older drugs. I mean, I don't want to go down any rabbit holes, but even, you know, marijuana or the things I did in high school, you know, the, the drugs I did there, I'll let it go at that. But the concentration or the, the level of intensity Josh McDowell, I guess, was talking about virtual reality and how it connects. Some of the young guys we got in, in uh, the group on Sunday morning, you know, they talk about having sex with anybody anywhere in the world as anything you want to be. You could be two dragons or two, you know, kangaroos or, or you know, whatever um, sexuality you'd want to engage in. And then there's other things that, that are going on too that will just kind of boggle your mind. And it's scary. Um, you know, just like fentanyl is is to a drug, I think virtual reality and virtual reality porn is 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 the same to the addictive level um, yeah. that's out there. The adversary is is working overtime. I think he's he knows that there's people out there that are are pressing back, and uh, so the intensity level I think is increasing. Yeah, you know, the follow-on question to this was how do I protect them from it, and and, and I'll launch into this one. Um, I think it's a firm understanding of knowing what the kids are taking a look at. Um, and, it, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be punitive. I think it's a, it's a partnership and it's a walking alongside and say, Hey, let's check this out together. Um, and what does your account look like in terms of your, say your kids do have a VR device, you know, maybe one of them has one of those that, well, that used to be called Oculus. I think they're called meta now. Oculus Prime, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so one of those gigantic, you know, um, face things that goes over your eyes it kind of gives you your virtual reality universe as you do that with the kids talking about hey what store are you using what are the restrictions on the store how can i be part of this process how can we help you get these games if, if that's a, a route you choose to go uh, for me and my kids I mean, i've got four boys right and so the younger ones uh, were able to get at one of those oculus devices at christmas i think they had it about 48 hours and they haven't used it since because there was there was a, there was an immediate and steady, just complete disregard for any kind of boundaries that we had put in place. You know, they they immediately went to a different store than we had assigned for them that we were going to be a part of to help them through that to say like, okay, that's appropriate, that's not. You know, th we we want to help you with this. Don't just go on your own thinking that you have all the answers. And so, kind of like we did when we were younger, we never allowed our parents to come in, and so. Finally, having parents that will come in, that's, that's what's going to help these kids. And, and you may think that you're being a little oppressive or whatever, 
But again, if you relinquish that ability to help your kids through this, somebody else will step in. And so having that understanding, just that open environment where you can talk to your kids. And listen, I don't care if it's just a game where they're out there and, and they've got the sword and they're, and they're beating up musical notes. I mean, what, what more do the kids need? Do they need to have the latest TV MA game where it's single person shooter and it's going to allow you to shoot, you know, the head predator from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, is that what they need? I mean, it maybe uh, what they want. Exactly. And so I think that's a difficult conversation to have as a parent, because in the end, I, I really want to be their parent. And eventually I hope this will grow, grow into a lifelong friendship. But if it doesn't, I don't want to stand in front of the almighty and say, oh, yeah. I just wanted to be the cool dad. I, I don't want to have that conversation. And maybe that's a prideful thing on my end, but I think it's what's right for my kids. And so again, that, that's a technique, but talking about it, opening the conversation and then continuing to talk about it. It's not a one shot, one kill. It's not a, it's almost like forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process. It's a daily choice. It's a daily right. surrender when you forgive, just like this, this is a daily choice to partner with your kids in their sexual integrity and their sexual mentorship. So we yeah, would occasionally go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, chaps. No, go, go ahead. Uh, um, we would occasionally too, like grab belt. You know, like, so it's probably dangerous to do this, but we used to, you know, we would say our oldest would tend to be the one that would, you know, try to um, test the borders more so than our youngest. Sophie, who's 16 now, but still we would take their phones occasionally and, and, you know, go through it and go through their Instagram. And we're also part of the education. I think with the kids too, is, is realizing like, listen, porn is bad. Like uh, what chaps was saying, you know, sexuality is a gift. You don't open that gift before it's ready. Um, everything up to that. I used to have a pastor at a church that would say like, you know, like, like, sexuality is a flower you don't need to open that up that petal it doesn't need to bloom right now and you know you do need to set boundaries for your kids because you know making out and can lead to other things and it's just no reason to start that process now but um we would check their phones occasionally and um just to see what's going on and and we'd also tell them like be careful about who you're adding as friends because bella would be on snapchat and i'd look at her friends and i'd say do you know all these people no and there'd be hundreds of people that she would be chatting with. And occasionally, before we really had that particular discussion with her, she was texting with some dude that she had never met. And we had to tell her, like, by the way, that may not be Jeff, you know, from down the street. That might be Jennifer, you know, in some other state. Um, you just got to don't assume that they know how to protect themselves, you know, have those conversations with them not only about the sexuality stuff, but just basic safety. Yeah, having those lines of communication open are so important. You know, so I think we all need to be seen. We all need to be significant in someone's eyes and we need to feel safe. And so when we have those, those tick marks on there, you know, I'm seen, I'm significant, I'm safe, then I can self-regulate. And that's what they learn as they're growing up. And what I was doing is I had the trauma from my past. I had current trauma. I had you know, drama, fear, anxiety, whatever it was. And I was using pornography to self-soothe that. And that's not a healthy way to self-regulate. It's actually more detrimental. And so teaching kids, you know, healthy ways to communicate, healthy ways to express feelings, emotions, sadness, disappointments. Um, and then 
the one thing that uh, clicked before was too, it, I read a Daily Bread, this was quite some years ago, and it, it talked about it adopted kids, you know, the difference between, you know, uh, birth kids and adopted or blended families. And the, the one, I don't know, I think it was a son said, you know, dad, you treat me differently. You know, you don't love me like you, you love your kids. And it was like, what, this doesn't make any sense. You know, and dad said, can you explain? And he said, yeah, you discipline your kids, but you let me get away with everything. And so there's a passage that God talks about too. He disciplines the ones he loves, you know? So those are, those are precious things. Taking the phone away, having mm -hmm. boundaries are so important, you know, um, consequences, you know, not everyone's a winner, you know, and, and I don't want to get to heaven that, and uh, hear this, you know, um, depart from me. I never knew you, you know, mm. that's, that's going to be a tough one. You know, I think it was Ted said, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. When we get to heaven, God's going to say, you know, is your wife more beautiful than the day I gave her to you? You know, and are your kids following me? You know, and if they're, and if they're not, holy cow, um, you know, depart from me. I never knew you is on, on the table. You know, and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So teaching them young, bringing them closer to God, doing their devotions in the morning, being a spiritual leader in the family, which way is your sword pointing? Is it pointing at your family or is it defending your family? Are you defending uh -huh. yourself and your sexual desires, your, sec your selfishness that's in there? Or are you willing to lay your life down for your family? I think those are the... I don't know where that came from, but it sounded pretty good. <laughs> I think it came. Right on. I think it came from the pages of the of, of the best book I ever read <laughs> that, I, that I continue to read, and it continues to surprise me. <laughs> so, um, great question here, guys, and this is kind of the meat of our topic. And you know, it only took us forty five minutes to get here, but this is going to be worth it, I believe. This could probably apply to about seventy five percent of us, um, at least, if not more. Uh, this gentleman had an affair. It ended in divorce. The affair is over. Um, the fallout, he's got a 15-year-old daughter not talking to him. He has not talked to her about it or apologized. Maybe hasn't had the chance. I don't know. Didn't read between the lines here. Hasn't discussed the affair, but he's sure that the mother has. And so this, th this is kind of, this is where we, we, I would like to anchor the last 15 minutes of the session. As we as we go through this stuff about how to how to talk to the kids about it or how not to talk to the kids about it, because if they're not ready, do we force that that topic on them? And so, Drew, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Um, you hear me OK? My connectivity is better, but OK, Drew, we'll, we'll come back to you, Drew. OK, can you hear me OK? Yeah, I can hear you now. We'll we'll come back to you on this one. Um, I, okay. And I think I think that as you listen to chaps and I talk about it, you'll be able to catch a little bit more of the of the topic. And so, uh, chaps, you, you heard it. You know, the guy had an affair. Uh, Fifteen year old won't talk to him. Uh, marriage ended in divorce, and he hasn't had a chance to talk to her, apologize, and be sure that the mother has. You know, how can he even start to try and mend that relationship? Yeah. So I mean, the betrayal of vows, the breaking of vows, um, betrayal trauma. You know, so I think, you know, working with his, his uh, ex too. So taking care of his own, own life first, his own business and getting healthy. We watched a movie last night. I, I forget what it was called. It was like breaking all the chains. It was about a police officer, alcohol, 
you know, and then had an affair. Uh, Internal Affairs came in and he was talking to his pastor. His pastor said, you got to, you know, share everything. He didn't, you know, then he got, he lost his job, but he was able to get back on the force. Um, But then he didn't share with his wife openly. So what's done in secret is eventually going to be known, you know, so I don't know what the daughter knows already, you know, 15 years old. Wow. You know, that can spur her onto all kinds of behaviors already. You know, dads are so important. Yeah. Apologizing, communicating, you know, building that road of forgiveness, laying one plank at a time. It's not going to happen overnight. An apology is sometimes like a putrid bandaid if the behavior doesn't change, you know, and the the infection is going to continue to grow. So, I mean, it's not an easy thing. Um, You need help. You know, she needs help, you know, and your ex needs help too. Um, The whole family's been been flipped upside down and yeah, and the legacy uh, can be restored. I think we're going to be using legacy in September at our church. It's going to be a good group. And I think that's an inroads there too, is, is looking, looking at that and how can I change the trajectory of my legacy in her life, your, your daughter's life, 15 year old. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Drew, what are your thoughts here? Um, I, I think you can start to try to have simple conversations with your daughter and see if she's receptive. Um, I'll give you, so an example, my wife, Amy, um, her dad had a lot of lust issues, porn magazines under the bed, really bad divorce. Um, they divorced when Amy was like 13. Um, they, Amy is now 48 years old. Her dad has never really truly come to terms and been transparent and even said the simple words, um, daughter, I'm sorry that what I drug you through with the divorce. We, about six years ago, now it's probably yeah, six, seven years ago, the three of us were in a church service. It was a perfect setting. The pastor talked about forgiveness. We have all messed up, you know, the portent of like trying to mend and Amy looked at her dad and said, so what happened with the divorce? And he's like, what are you talking about? He wouldn't even admit to the divorce. And so I think the, just take steps because Amy is still, she went like a year and a half since we moved to Florida where her dad played games with her and wouldn't talk to her. And Amy got tired of playing this manipulation game. So she set up a boundary and just decided to somewhat cut her dad off for a while because she was tired of going around the hamster wheel. So I would just tell you whatever steps you can do as transparent as you can be as genuine as you can be. um, It's super important because that's all, all Amy wants to hear is even just a simple apology for something that happened 20, you know, 30, 35 years ago. I think that's incredible. And I think that is the first step to all this is that is that level of ownership. I mean, we can't talk about some of the other hurts in their lives, the other wax and lacks, but we can speak directly to this, especially if we were involved. And once we get that gumption to own it, I think that's where the true healing can begin. Now, with that, with that piece of ownership comes a, a, a revitalized sense of I need to have the next right step lined up meaning that I, I can't run back to the strip club. I can't go back to the, the, the sex store innocuously, you know, hoping I don't run into anybody. 
I mean, that's that's going back and that's flirting with sexual sin, sexual stronghold. The next right step, am I in a group with other men? Is there somebody who knows everything about me that I can call and we can talk about this kind of stuff that I can at least fire off a text to and say, hey, I'm struggling tonight. Are we taking these steps? And, and, I, and I saw a little bit earlier, and this is a, a kind of a side topic about the kids are smart these days. You know, most addicts anyway can get around covenant eyes or accountable to you. Look, in the end, those all become speed bumps. And unless God is doing a work in your heart to change you from the inside out, you will eventually go back. We are all like those dogs that are looking to go back to their own vomit unless he does his work in us. And so let me encourage you in that. The kids are going to figure it out. They are. They eventually will. They're way smarter than us. We're a bunch of technology immigrants. They're technology natives. Have you ever seen a three-year-old with an iPad? They know exactly what to do. It is so intuitive for them. It's ridiculous. They were born with it. And so, you know, we're trying to fumble around to find the volume switch or how to how to turn it off or how to, you know, freeze a screenshot. And meantime, they're 18 pages ahead of us in, in five submenus. And so we don't have a chance with that stuff. So it's, it's not about roadblocks either. It's not about putting up things or boundaries, trying to close myself in. You know, I could cut off my genitalia and I'm still going to have problems. You know, I could live in prison. I'm still going to have problems. That's why you're going to do some of the conqueror stuff that, that you're doing there. And I, I think that's incredible. So it's, it's not how close or far away. It's not how close I can get to my addiction without going over the cliff. It's how close I can get to connection with God and other men. See, recovery is rooted in, in uh, relationships, relationship with God and each other, and relapse is, is rooted in, in uh, isolation. So when you're putting boundaries on and you're stopping yourself from doing things, that's a dead end. You're not going to get anywhere with that. you got to open the door you know, and make connections, and that's where the, the real accountability comes from, um, not, not in roadblocks. I mean, there's boundaries that you have, and that's an important part, too. Um, developing those boundaries, but um, yeah. connection is where it's at. Amen. And so, That's right. you know, we, we see it over and over again in the questions, and we, we had several questions already lined up um, before we even started, but y'all just started, you know, giving these hot and heavy questions straight away. And, and But most of the ones that we had pre-generated, they were around, you know, I don't think I'm ready to tell anybody or tell the kids at least. My wife wants me to Maybe we're doing an in-house separation. Maybe I'm out of the house. She wants me to fess up to the kids. Um, you know, as you go through that, first off, whatever somebody else's response is, has nothing to do with your obedience. So please don't let any of those, those outside factors derail you from good, godly recovery and having community and getting into the word and, and getting quiet time with God. Those behaviors, those are the ones that are going to change ultimately those end end user behaviors, which means that you're not going to be seeking out porn. You're not going to be going to the clubs. You're not going to be doing all the things that, that got you into this in the first place, doing something different. It's not trying harder not to do the bad thing. It's running after something totally different. It's turning your shoulders and making that, that course change. I'm going to point my life this way. I'm not going to look at the right way. I'm actually going to point the right way and turn my whole body. And so let me encourage you in that. Now th there's a, a tremendous vulnerability. You could lose it all. You could lose your significant other. You can lose your kids. You can lose your, you know, your parents. I mean, my parents, they won't even talk about this stuff with me. It's like they, they, they've heard bits and pieces of it. And, that, and now here we are, you know, talking about it openly over the internet. 
And they're just not interested in hearing about it from me. And that's fine. It's a closed door with them. At least that aspect of my life eventually will we'll come around to it. But that's got nothing to do with my next right step. And to be honest, our relationships don't have a chance if we don't take the next right step as individuals in recovery. And so as we go through this and as we are faced with these things, like, do I tell the kids? How much do I tell the kids? My wife has pressured me to tell the kids. I don't feel like I'm ready. Um, what do you have to lose? What, what do you have to lose except later on they're going to find out anyway? And then they're going to be wondering, like, why didn't, why didn't you ever tell me? So, so that level of vulnerability and then them seeing the new you, the new man, the whole man theory recovery and change, it, it's just beautiful. And then they're going to be looking. They're going to be right spotting at that point. So and you and, can and, express emotions now and you cry and you laugh. You don't have that serious face all the time. You know, I'm going to got to get through this, you know, and but you become human and they're able to be human. Yeah. And like you guys said, you know, aligning your actions with your words, you know, you square your shoulders off, you're reading the Bible more, you're praying more, you're curbing your behavior, you're seeking help. Um, don't just make it vocal like, yeah, hey, I don't apologize and blah, 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 but then your behavior stays the same. Because, I mean, they're smart and they're going to watch. Um, yeah. And and don't be discouraged if you think that you're trying to give them wisdom, disclosure, whatever you're saying, and you feel like they're not listening to you. Because I just had a conversation with somebody today about that. They are listening and receiving, and you never know when it's going to come back out and it's going to be fruit in their life. But don't stop doing it thinking that they're not listening to you. You know, keep saying the right stuff. Keep praying for your kids. Please, you know, keep protecting your kids and, um, you know, and doing all the good stuff that we talked about today, because you never know when it's going to bear fruit in their life. Um, it might be now. It might be 10 years from now. But for heaven's sake, don't 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 <laughs> try not to say double negative. Don't do nothing. Um, you know, take some steps, do something different because they know what change is and they and they know you more than, you know, may, I don't know if they know you better than you know yourself, but they know when dad's changing by behavior, by action, by body language. So, and, you know, they have a sense about what's going on. So, you know, just don't worry too much about the stuff you don't have control over and go after God and um, believe the best and, and try to do what's right with integrity and working on your marriage and your relationships. I have a dear friend, Jonathan, he, he uh, gets up at like 4.30 he has to be at work by six in the morning, but he does devotions in his morning and he's got a seven and nine year old and they wanted to get up and do it with him because they don't see dad as much as they, they normally do. And then they have a common journal that they both write mom and dad write in, you know, about devotions during the day. And the kids are seeing this, you know, and they're, they're on fire, man. And, you know, they see mom and dad dropping tracks off different places and sharing, you know, God's, God's truth and love with other people and, and each other. And they're getting their they're understanding. So here's a seven and a nine-year-old that they're preparing for the, the battle, you know, of sexual integrity in a world that's flooded with um, sewer. Amen. Men, we're, we're coming to the end here. So I, I just want to leave everybody with a word of encouragement. We don't do the next right step because it's some checklist item. 
I, I tried that. It, it didn't work out too well. Uh, my, my best efforts at that got me here today, meaning that I, I needed I needed the Lord to swoop in and save the day. I had to have it. It's way worse than you think in terms of your depravity. But there's even better news in that he is way more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And, and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that he offers to you inspires you to change from the inside out. I'm not going to blow sunshine up anybody's tail and tell you there aren't days when you're going to have a checklist mentality. And there aren't days when you're going to have to say to yourself, I need to go make the donuts today, meaning I need to go and do my Bible study. I'm not really interested in it today, but maybe that's the day your seven year, nine year old get a chance to see you sitting there. Maybe that's the day they get to walk in the day you didn't want to go to your conquer class or your warpath class. They walk in, see you on a video screen with a bunch of guys talking about how great Jesus has been in your life. Maybe that's the day they get a chance to remember, the day you didn't want to do it. But it doesn't lend itself to a lifetime checklist mentality. It lends itself to a lifetime of walking with Christ and understanding. And and forgive me, I'm going to quote another pastor here. He doesn't just make your life better. We do it because he's better than life. Period. And again, their response has nothing to do with our obedience. And so... Men, thank you so much for the questions on the question and answer. We'll work on that chat functionality. I'm a little bit miffed on that. And so um, I wasn't able to, to remedy that uh, in situ, so to speak. I couldn't fix it while we we're in the webinar. We'll work on it for next month. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to Drew for joining us. Uh, it's great to have you on board here. I look forward to getting many other men onto the mission briefs. Um, we have so many fantastic leaders across this spectrum and solar refiner. And chaps, as always, thank you, sir. Any parting shots from either one of you today? Stay strong. Yep. Don't let don't let life get you down and your current situation get you down. Remember that, you know, like Jeremiah says, God's got a hope, a plan, a future for you and your family. It's never too late. Um, you know, take some of this wisdom. Just start taking, putting one step in front of the other. Amen. So, all right, folks. Um, if you have other questions that weren't answered, I just saw a hand get raised here at the very end. I don't think we're going to have a chance to get to it today. Please reach out to support at soulrefiner.com. It will find its way to me. Um, thank you so much. Uh, this afternoon, I will be unavailable. I'm up here in Maryland. I got kids I got to go tend to. We got to go and just have some uh, some good crab dinner here. And so love you guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. We'll be on our way. Lord, thank you for these men, not, not just the men on the screen, Lord, but more importantly, the men that are back there on the Q&A, the, the men that are back there watching the video, the folks that are watching it on recording across all the different media outlets. God, thank you for their obedience. Um, Lord, thank you for their willingness to say, okay, I, I need to do something different with this piece of my life because, Lord, you, you, you whispered that Holy Spirit conviction in my ear. I want to do it not just for you, God. But in turn, because of what you do in my life, I get a chance to save my marriage, to save my relationship with my kids. And so, Lord, we know that you have to be at the center of that in and of ourselves. We don't have it. Okay, we are we're not just, you know, bad people looking to be better. We're dead people that need life. And that's you, Lord. Uh, It's easy to do in this moment. The surrender is easy after a little bit of a church like this. It's hard in the middle of the night, Friday or Saturday night, when we want to look at that computer screen. And it's hard when we got to call our kids on the carpet. It's hard when we got to admit it to our kids what we've done. And so that's the surrender that we're looking for, Lord. That's the submission that we want. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Happy Friday, man. Have a great rest of your day and weekend. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.